Hello and welcome to Journey Through DecaCast, a comrade retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shane Garrett. And I'm Chris. And um, Evan got... Actually, I'm Secret Chris. Oh, hi Secret Chris. Um, hi, hi Garrett. I'm in the closet in this episode. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> um, Evan got kidnapped by the karaoke monster... This week, um, so you should be they, back next week. They sure, they sure did not have much more money to make costumes after the first episode. All, all right, all right, all right, Chris. Well, let's let's back this up real quick. Okay, well, actually, let's back it up even further. Before then, I back up your comment about not having. Oh yeah, money. we should probably tell people what we're watching this week. Yeah, uh, we're watching episode. Well, we did watch episode four of Tokusatsu Gaga. Ga. So he did that, but going back to your point, this show did, like, a Metal Hero suit. They did an entire Sentai team. Right, right. So, like... They have several of those Mook outfits. Yeah. So, like, they've done a lot. I know. I know I'm being harsh. It's just, they they keep reusing the karaoke guy. I'm like, eh, he seemed, like, good for that one-off bit in the first episode, but I kind of wanted other, like... Light, like, life situation themed, like, bad guys, like episodic monsters. Yeah, we can't afford that. But they yeah, were also karaoke, so. Well, just because they do karaoke every time, it's not like a thing each time. First time it was like a big deal. It was a big deal this time, too. It wasn't a super big deal. This I'm sorry, time. did you watch the last 20 minutes of this episode? <laughs> I, yeah, I did, actually. Because it was it was pure karaoke. There was a lot of karaoke, yeah, that's true. And, and to date this podcast, earlier today on Twitter, I took a screenshot of the first time where they're facing off against the karaoke monster, and it's like, karaoke JRPG, send tweet. <laughs> Which I still stand by being a good tweet. There, there was a lot of, uh, okay, I forget if it was in episode three or four, where she's talking to Damien, and he's like... The world is hard. Just like big mood, big mood. Oh yeah, that was episode three. <laughs> okay. Uh, Damien in this episode is like, um, just because they're classmates doesn't mean they're friends or whatever. Right, right. He's like, I don't know if they're actually my friends just because we're classmates. Right. I'm still super into just like how. How Damien just drops, like, life knowledge every episode. It is pretty funny how they specifically theme it as, uh, like haiku every time he says something. It's pretty good. Yeah, and there like was that. the bit where, um, Nakamura, like, looks up into the sky to see the proverb, but then it's in the it's in the sand instead. Yeah, it's written in the sand in front of her. It's like, ah, oh, that, that was a good bit. Good joke. Good visual comedy. Um, yeah, so this was episode four. Um, it has a title. It's called An Otaku's Feelings. <laughs> All the feels. All of the feels. Yeah. And, um, it's about idols. It is largely about idols instead of tokusatsu this time. 
Yes. It's also about uh, friendship. Right, right. It's to a certain degree about the universality of the nerd experience, which is, you know, fine. You, know, you mean fine. like the show? Uh, what, what do you mean like the show? As in, isn't that basically what every episode of the show is about? Uh, wait, do you mean Tokusatsu Gagaga or Journey Through the Decacast? Um, Tokusatsu Gagaga. Okay. I mean, kind of, but like a lot of times it's pretty specifically tokusatsu stuff. I mean, but yes, a lot of times it is definitely about how that's like generalizable to other people's stuff. Yes. Uh, this episode is also about how overtime sucks ass. Oh yeah, overtime is bad. Yeah, it's it's really bad. I got real confused for a second. I thought you were talking about the subgroup, and I'm like back up a second they didn't even sub <laughs> no, this no, they sub our shows i don't have a problem with them <laughs> sorry that's where my brain's at today yeah apparently i mean I, they're named the same thing no that that's true i know but yes overtime is bad the especially work especially when you're socially guilted into doing it yeah also i do want to correct myself slightly because i feel like someone will if I don't, Overtime did sub the first episode of Tokusatsu Gagaga. Oh yeah, didn't someone else picked it up after that, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, I have Love Jin, I think. Yeah. I think I've got all of their, like, I have their subs for every episode anyway. Yeah. I just wanted to go back and correct my incorrect statement from before. Wouldn't want to get those hot tweets about how you got the subbing group wrong. Yeah, you could tweet me at at Shadro, just at S H A D R O. I don't. I have never been tweeted about this show, so uh. <laughs> you could also you could also tweet at Chris about this yeah, show, which could. is at really long Twitter name I can't spell. It, it's just Wormuth Y. It's W Y R M W I T H W H Y. That's it's not that long. But like, but like, Worm is hard to spell, and like, there's too many W's, man. <sighs> it's the theme. Jeez. Uh, okay, fine. And I realize mean, that you had such negative opinions about my Twitter handle. I don't have negative opinions about your Twitter handle. I'm just admitting that I can't spell. <laughs> uh, I sh- I probably need to actually change the link on my Twitter profile to the new link for the show, by the way. I think it's yeah. still the old one. Concept here. You could use the domain I bought that just always redirects to the right website. Um, well, Chris checks his Twitter. Um, this episode is largely about idols, but it's also about, um, uh, friendship and rebuilding broken friendships and self-reflecting and the work-life balance of dealing with, um, your nerd hobby and being judged. Right. Yeah. And how, like, having an office job makes it really hard to have the energy to, to do stuff, even if you like the thing. I don't I think mean, that part was in that. there, but... Mood. No, that's that, that's actually just me. That's <laughs> just my life lately. Like, like agreed, but was not part of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, okay, my Twitter does have journeythroughthedecacast.com on it, so we're good there. We're yeah. good. You did it. <laughs> Uh okay, do we wanna do we wanna just like go through the plot of the episode? I, I that's why I just did. 
you went through the themes of the episode. I mean, what are themes but just a high-level synopsis? That's that's has so many potential discussion points that I just don't even want to touch it. <laughs> or I'm right. I mean, yes, but if you just say the theme of something to somebody, they are going to be generally unsatisfied with, like, understanding it. I mean, that's true. Or, alternatively, we could just talk about the karaoke parts the entire time. (laughs) Did you really like the karaoke parts? Um, I was more just kind of in all of them. They're pretty intense, yeah. Like I yep. was, I was in awe and like high key impressed. I was. De- it was definitely one of those things where I was like, "Wow, I would not never do that in a social situation, even with people I really liked and trusted." Just because I just can't, I cannot dance in front of other people like that. <laughs> so you're saying I should cancel our karaoke reservation for Asen? We we uh, okay. Have you actually made one? No, that was the joke. Okay, okay. I mean, I say that, but I have played DDR and Guitar Hero in front of other people, so maybe maybe it would just be a little bit of, like, a wall that I need to break through. Those are pretty fucking dorky. You could break the chain. <laughs> Alright, we did it. Podcast over. So, at the beginning of this episode, they're like, Idol fan is a shortening of idol fangirl. Like that that is barely a shortening. And... I also thought that too. <laughs> All they did was drop off like the gender of it. Which like that's progressive. Good job. Right. But it also didn't really need to be explained cuz idol fan just means an idol fan. Like like that's literally just what it means. Right. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. And I agree. They also define camping out for something fairly early on, and I'm like, is that a niche enough concept that anyone would need it explained to them? Possibly. I, okay, I just feel like I've heard camping out for things so many times in my life from a pretty young age. I, I don't know, I like... Can, I cannot imagine it's if interest- I would have ever needed that explained to me. It's an interesting concept, because I guess... You could make the assumption that if someone is at the point where they would be camping out for something, they're Uh already so, I don't want to say obsessed, but I'm going to use the word obsessed, obsessed with a hobby to do that. So maybe just like, there's people that don't do that. Right, but even non-nerds like camp out for product launches and stuff, or have heard about people camping out for things. I guess that's fair. But I'm going to say if you camped out for a product launch, you are you are obsessed with the product brand. Right, right. That's true. But people who are obsessed with, with brands do not think of themselves as nerds in the same way that people who are obsessed with what we typically call nerdy things do. I guess that's true if we're really going to get into the semantics of it. Like, there are people who buy every iPhone on the day it launches and possibly camp out for it and don't think of themselves as nerds. But they are. Right, right. They are. They definitely are. But, you know. Not that I mean that in a negative connotation. No, it's a very general descriptor. That was the point. Right. 
I was just clarifying. We are super low energy today, Garrett, you know? I'm, well, I'm just sleepy. That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. I'm plenty high energy. I don't know what you're talking about. I just <laughs> went on yeah, that's and true. talked you about. Do just, you do just sound like that all the time. Yeah. I, I'm sorry that my voice just happens to be monotone all the time and does not inflect well. Uh, okay, so I wasn't, when you guys, you and Evan discussed episode three of Tokusatsu Gagaga, because I wasn't on that one. Uh, I was busy or caught up with something. This was like forever ago now, so I have no idea what I was doing at the time. But, uh, they flash back to a scene from that episode at the beginning of this one, where, uh, Kitashi, where, um, the main character, I forget her name, but she's... Nakamura. Nakamura. Nakamura says to Kitashiro, like... I don't think age or gender matter when you're like really like something. And uh, Katashiro is like, do you know that you're the only person who thinks that way? And I'm like, eat shit, lady. Yeah, you mean um, <laughs> Kitashiro. Yes, yes. Who, you know what? I'm just going to copy off her friend and just call her Shiro. Oh, does her friend call her Shiro? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah, watched she's... the episode, right? I don't remember her calling her Shiro, but yes, I did watch it. Now you're making me second guess myself. Uh, she says a lot of things that I'm just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, stop being such a dick. I feel like they do a pretty solid job of, like, explaining how she got to that point, though. That You're right, you're right. That was mostly in episode three. In the beginning of this one, when they show... Okay, okay. Episode 4 starts with a brief recap of episode 3, and then it immediately jumps into a flashback from six months ago, where Kitashiro is going into her job, which looks like a different workplace. Did you get that impression too? I also got that impression, yes. It looks like she changed jobs since this happened six months ago, which I was like, okay, maybe I kind of get it now. Where she has this flashback about how... Um, basically she invited her friend out to like, uh, like for drinks with her work, work friends. She didn't want want to at first cause her friend, she knew from the fact that they were fans of this idol group. And then when her close friend revealed that that was like how they knew each other and it was something that they shared about enjoying, uh, all of her work friends start like being kind of like not outward not overly aggressive about it but like kind of passive aggressive and a little judgy about it and it makes her like deeply uncomfortable yes okay so it's good stuff they have there but gonna be that person and nitpick about it slightly just don't bring your friend uh right yeah she could have just said like let's meet up later or something yeah feel like easily avoidable Right, right. Or tell your friend, like, I'm undercover or something. Right. Alternatively, just be like, I'm not going out for work drinks. Though, I will say, in Tokusatsu Gagaga, they have implied several times that is not an option. You cannot say that I do not want to go out for drinks with my work work acquaintances. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, (laughs) Which is like, okay. Um, I guess if that's, like, a really strongly socially pressured thing, then fair enough. Also, um, another key thing to note is Kitashiro's friend is also, like, ten years younger than her. Yes, she is 20 to Kitashiro's, has recently turned 30, I believe. Yes. 
So I believe that probably also plays into how the work situation got weird. Yes, quite possibly. Uh, anyway, so like when they're at this thing, uh, when they're at this this uh, drink mixer thing that they're doing, like Kitashiro like takes her friend into the into the bathroom after a minute and is like, "Stop talking about liking idle stuff. You're embarrassing me." And is like kind of a dick about it. Right. Yeah. And her friend is like, it's okay. They all seem nice. And I'm sure it's not a big deal. And she's just like, look, you don't get it. This is going to cause social problems for me. Stop being like this. And uh, like, she's kind of right. But also it's not her friend's fault. And she shouldn't be a dick to her about it. Right. I mean, agreed. I mean, it's definitely not the right way to handle the situation but i think the point was to show the incorrect way to handle the situation to then create the drama in this j drama yes i mean this is basically what nakamura is worried would happen to her if she ever like revealed what she like enjoys so that's like kind of the point of having this this character go through that also that yeah uh, from personal experience, I can just say what you want to do is uh, just own it. You, you need to just own it, or else it's gonna be a problem. Also, like I, I have no clue how to relate U.S. experiences to experiences in Japan. Eh, yeah, I mean, yeah, possibly. The like, you're kind of shamed a little bit if you're an adult who likes childish things. That kind of seems a little bit universal. Right. It kind of depends on what your work environment's like, too. Yeah, says the person who has a Kamen Rider podcast. <laughs> right, yeah, I know, like, Rachel has, like, plenty of dorky decorations at work, but I know that, like, her coworkers are like, that's weird. Isn't that, is that because your kids like it? And she's like, no, I don't have kids. <laughs> I have a cat. <laughs> Apparently she gets that a lot. Uh, I am not at my work location often enough to decorate it. Oh. However, I do get judged vocally about bringing in a mechanical keyboard to work. And to that, <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, mechanical keyboards are great. Uh, who in the world cares if you use a mechanical keyboard or not? Uh, apparently my coworkers. Because okay. they always point it out when I bring one in. I guess they are louder than other keyboards. It's not even the noise, though. Yeah? I have not once been complained to you about the noise. I guess if I had to, like, sit close to somebody and they had a mechanical keyboard and it was, like, more annoying than everyone else's keyboard, it might be like, really? But I guess if that's not the situation, then I don't know what else about it would annoy me. I don't know. It's one of those just, like, talking point things. It's like, oh, you have a pink keyboard today. And I'm like, yep. That, yeah, that is weird. So there's a lot of dabbing in this episode, too. Did you notice that? I did notice the dabbing. <laughs> yes. They they karaoke frequently throughout this episode of Tokusatsu Gaga. And uh, apparently Ember Jason's, like, finishing dance move is the dab. And I'm like, I'm okay with this. I'm like, wow, how ahead of his time. That's true. Uh, if the next Metal Hero does, like, flossing or something, then, you know, I guess they're they're really... Have the finger on the pulse. Chris, the hate youth. to break it to you. Metal Hero died. Oh, they don't do Metal Hero shows anymore? No. Okay. 
Uh, we watched that one movie that had like a Metal Hero character in it. Yeah, that was the last thing they did. <laughs> okay. <gasps> I can't say I'm terribly heartbroken, because the only Metal Hero thing that really made any impact in America, from what I know of, is Big Bad Beetleborgs. Whoa, 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 VR Troopers, Chris. Was VR Troopers a Metal Hero thing? It was three Metal Hero things. Oh, okay, I gotcha. I thought that, uh, wait, hold on. Okay, yeah, I'm getting it mixed up with Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. No, that's w- Gridman. Yeah, which was a Gridman, which was an Ultraman. Yeah. Okay, so I forgot about VR Troopers. I, I don't. I never will. I have literally never seen it, so it's easy for me to forget. That's... Huh, that's interesting. I would have assumed you had that cultural knowledge from that no what like what channel was it on i think it like aired a long power rangers did it huh yeah i yeah yeah nope never watched that one i've seen the mystic knights of tirnanog yeah there's a dude named garrett in that (laughs) yeah they're like let's pick vaguely irish sounding names God, that was a weird show. Do you remember Vampires? I thought I imagined Vampires for about ten years. Um, I vaguely know what you're talking about. Oh, it's it's pretty intense. I don't even know how I would... Nope, nope, I just typed in what I thought it was and it definitely came up. <laughs> we are exceedingly off topic. <laughs> We really are. Uh, I mean, this is a... Like, I like this episode of Gaga. It's It kind of is the same thing as the other episodes, you know? Not much different happens in this one, really. I mean, it's different, like, social construct things. Right, right. Yeah, like, that's true. Um, Nakamura is, like, kind of... At the beginning of the episode, Nakamura is, like, kind of nervous being around Kitashiro. Or is it Kitashiro or Kitashiro? Uh, Kitashiro. Kitashiro. She's nervous about being around Kitashiro because, uh, just Kitashiro like she had that. rude and scary a lot. Yeah, Kitashiro has been a dick to her a lot lately. So she's like, well, I really don't want to deal with that. Which, uh, understandable. I yep. also avoid people if they are jerks to me or just generally annoying. Checks out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, um,. Basically, there's some work scenes with that at the beginning, and then she goes out for karaoke with her, the her Taraiga friend. I forget Yoshida. Yoshida, good job. Did you find a wiki page that listed the characters' names, or did you just write them down? Um, which one would you be more impressed by? (laughs) Uh, either honestly. Oh well, I just found I found a wiki page that had the cast on it. Okay, good job. Yeah, and Yoshida has like the big box set of the that one show they were trying to get their other friend Yu, yuki or is it yui, yui um yuki? yeah yuki yuki they were trying to get yuki to watch the show because it had like a hot guy in it and she's like give her more episodes of this yeah yeah it was like the episode three thing where she was trying to get yuki into tokusatsu by using the common thing of like oh this actor that you like did this kid's show beforehand okay yeah uh, episode 3 had, like, incredibly good tokusatsu cut-ins, by the way. Both the one of, like, uh, of, um, uh, yo, yo, whatever, I forgot it. Yoshida? Again. Yoshida, yes. 
Uh, both You're pulling with me Yoshi- this week, Chris. I know. I'm sorry. Both with Yoshida doing like the evil, like the female leader of like the female general type character from you a Tokusatsu like show. The the Ochusama laugh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she. I like. Uh, they're like the Rita Repulsa bit, but like the cooler version of that character that they've done in certain shows. Right. I feel like that's still just like the Ojusama. Oh, ho, 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 ho. yeah, yeah. But like but that evil. was really fun. And then the bit with like uh, when she imagined her mom as like the evil overlord character who was grooming her as a child. That was really good. Because like they, I've seen that in several shows with like the evil villain adopted the fifth ranger or the sixth ranger or whatever as like a child because yep. they were lost in space or something and they like groomed them to be evil from a young age yeah they totally do that like all the time yeah that's a trope that's like oh that's that's a super good use of that trope i really like that yeah it is, i agree uh but yeah so so then yoshida and nakamura are trying to figure out what exactly nakamura did that made Kitashiro so angry and they do not they do not really come to much conclusions and then they uh then the next day at work nakamura has to go through that one scene from eva where she is alone on an elevator with someone she really really doesn't want to talk to right and like she kind of kind of confronts kitashiro about it uh does i thought kitashiro talked first well okay so nakamura is like I will pretend, I will act like air and be nothing. But then Kitashiro says something and Nakamura's like, what? And then they kind of start talking. But then Nakamura kind of like, pretty much just says flat out, it's like, you know, you come off as like scary and rude and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, because Kitashiro asks her, like, did you always know that I was like an idol fan, basically? Well, she says, just says, do you know? But like, that's the implication. Right. Yeah. And then I believe... Kitashiro also apologizes on the elevator as well. Yeah, yeah, because because uh, Nakamura is like, yeah, I'm like you. I'm a closeted geek, so th- they like bond a little bit there. Yep. And Kitashiro's a little bit like, oh, maybe I've been like a jerk, unnecessarily. Yeah, she flashes back to. I think it's at the part where she like flashes back to when she confronted her friend. Uh, Right, yeah, because she she feels like she feels pretty bad about that. Uh, obviously, like yeah, it's just like an upsetting memory for her. Yeah, which like, man, this episode's super real for me, Chris. I I can uh, relate to that real hard, and then oh, I yeah? feel bad. Wait, who who have you yelled at about outing you as a geek? I mean, not like that exact thing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but like it definitely. I related hard to to Kitashiro in this episode for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, this episode definitely like she seemed super super mean in the previous one, but yeah, like I definitely related to her a lot more in this episode. So like man, I I think I'm going to be like that's pretty smart how they did that. Yeah, because it's, like it's good. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel it otherwise. Like you wouldn't feel the main character's emotions if they didn't play it out that way. Right. But also like you don't, you don't, you don't you know you don't get flashbacks of people's backstory when you meet them so like it's a interesting parallel to real life where someone could be acting a certain way 
and you think it comes off as one way when really there's this extent of different situations that have led up to this. Right, right, yeah. It happens pretty frequently. So, let's see. So, what... good job, J-Drama, for doing J-Drama things. Yep. I mean, uh, I assume this is largely based on the structure of the manga that the lady wrote. Yeah, that that we do not have completely subbed, which is still a shame. Right. So, uh, a good job, good job, mangaka lady. I think it's a lady? Pretty sure it's a lady. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so Damien shows up to meet up with Nakamura, who she's sitting on swings. Da- uh, uh, apparently she's been calling him Damien up until this point, and now she's, and he asked her to stop that, so now she calls him Damien. Real good. Enjoy it. <laughs> like, uh, like, she- the weird, like, trope, I think, I don't know, I can't remember if we talked about this on air or not yet. But, like, the weird trope of just, like, Damien being the old wise man, but being just the child, is really funny and good. Yeah, I really like Damien. I think he's a really cute kid. He just, like, comes in, says something, you know, kind of like, like if you... Mm, kind of just, like, proverb thing. And then kind of just leaves, and then that kind of plays out through the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love, uh, yeah, this one's really good, because uh, he he has a bit when they're sitting on the swings together where he says, where these kids walk by and wave at him and say, hey, and they say his actual name, which I don't remember. Um, uh, I oh, Tamiya. It's, uh, it's yeah. Tamiya. That's Tamiya. it. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because, um, yeah, like a little target reticle flashes up over him that has... Damien crossed out, and then it has Damien crossed out, and it has Tamiya written over it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, she's like, oh, are those your friends? And, and Damien's like, well, uh, uh, they're my classmates, but I don't really know if they're my friends. And Nakamura looks off into the clouds to, to see where the the proverb has been written, and uh, it's actually on the sand. It was written in the sand in front of her. So yeah, that was, it was, that was kind of funny. I liked it. Good visual gag. After that, we it cuts to like Kitashiro at like a cafe or something, where she's watching idol stuff. Yeah, she's I don't watching know how like to a variety this. show that the the B boys do. Yeah, like I don't I don't know idol stuff to be able to relate to know about this in any way. Uh, apparently, the thing is is that the B boys are apparently localized to Nagoya. Yep. Uh, or is it Nagoya? I think I'm it's not Nagoya. Entirely sh- Nagoya. Uh, and so pr- they, they do lots of Nagoya-related stuff. And in this one, they are walking around outside, uh, like on the street, and asking people, so why are you in Nagoya? And uh, this was actually the funniest bit in the episode to me. I, I cracked up at this harder than anything else that happens. They walk up to this random guy... <laughs> Uh, he looks like he might be non-native Japanese. I'm not sure. He looks kind of like a like he might be foreign or something. And they're like, "Why are you in Nagoya?" And he's like, "To to buy a humidifier." <laughs> and like they all just stare at him. I th- I thought that was really funny. No, I agree. That I I also thought it was pretty funny. It's a good joke, and they and they call back to it later, which is also really good. Right. Yeah, apparently it's funny enough that it becomes a meme for uh, Kitashiro. Memes. Um, so, yep, and then that happens, and then Kitashiro has a flashback to when she met her friend, which is um, uh, 
Yabe-san? Yabe-san? Uh, Yabe? Is yeah. it Yabe? Or is it... Okay, I forget what her name is. Uh, yeah, I think this this is interesting because previously when we saw this scene, it was like, it was set off to the side. We were like looking up at them, have this conversation. And like uh, her friend dropped something when, when Kitashiro yelled at her. This time it's like, it's actually like a bit more, like it shows a, a different emotional aspect of it because it shows her friend's face when Kita, like a close up on her face when Kitashiro yells at her, like really shocked and hurt. And she's just like staring back at her, not saying anything. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, that looks, that looks painful. Like you really feel it in that moment. Yeah. We basically just get the meeting between Kitashiro and Miyabe-san, or Miyabe, I don't know. The wiki says San after it, so I keep just reading it. Um, <laughs> but so... They meet up. Apparently, like, they were talking on the internets beforehand. Oh, is that how they, they had talked yeah. before this? Yeah. Okay. I because, feel like I didn't catch that. But yeah. yeah, that or, like, they met texting or something. Because when Miami first shows up, she's like, oh, you must be Shiro. It couldn't be anybody else. Oh, so she calls her Shiro online. That's her, like, her net handle. Got it. Yeah. Net handle. That's so 90s. <laughs> yeah and she totally calls her shiro um so it's a it's it's kind of funny because shiro's like i don't know i was nervous about coming because i'm like just turned 30 and stuff and her friend is like look i'm gonna be 30 someday too like i'm not gonna be a different person then you know another thing about this is actually like a super strong parallel to uh nakamura and yoshida right except yeah, just with the age switch right I just now caught that. That's pretty good. I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, um, and then also, I I believe this is the part where they buy like the B Boys B logo that the that she then puts on her wallet. Yeah, yeah. They buy like a little sticker, like a sticker pack of uh, B Boys merchandise together. And and when it's B Boys, it's like it's it's like the insect bee. Not like right. B-Boys, like, basketball. Did, did you guys not explain this when you, in the previous episode? I, Chris, the previous episode was... Months ago. Okay, yeah, I know. I was kind of fucking with you. The previous episode was <laughs> almost a year ago. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So, no, I don't remember. <laughs> Jeez, Garrett, why don't you remember? Sheesh. Don't you have notes or something? No, I don't take notes okay. for these. So, so Kitashiro uh, got a text from Miyabi. Um, I believe that's pronounced Miyabi. Miyabi. Yeah, yeah. Miyabi. Uh, no, it's it's got an I on the end, so that'd be Miyabi. Okay, Miyabi. Yeah, so uh, Miyabi sent her a text recently that she's like wants to apologize in person. Like she, like yeah, she wants to make up. She still wants to be friends. And yeah. Kitashiro has been like angsting about how to respond to that message. Clearly. Man, do you know who else also does that? Garrett. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So. <laughs> I think that's a, running pretty, theme. that's a pretty typical nerd experience thing of like, how do I respond to this email slash text? I will just not do that for a while. Which is why read receipts are emotional violence. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't use anything that is read receipts. <laughs> I know, right? A easy answer. Yeah. 
so basically, uh, never stop using SMS uh, because SMS is bad and doesn't have things like read receipts. Sometimes convenience is actually bad. Yeah. Okay, so the so next weird, day... Like, I'm going to sidebar here for a second. Because okay. like it's super weird just like how how core like the how what they call the the social messaging app in Tokyo Mirage Sessions topic. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, the like, weird version of Twitter. No, it's um it's basically Line. Oh, right, right. It's okay. a Line analog, which is I haven't played it since the Wii U version came out, so. Did you get the Switch version recently? I did, yeah. Okay, I figured. <laughs> I was playing it a little bit. Um I don't think it's super good. I think it's interesting, but really, I was enjoying it a lot. But eh. uh, I got to like uh, the second main dungeon, the third dungeon, and it just kind of started to like really drag. Hmm. Uh, my personal experience, but you know, I'm also playing on hard, and I do things and I like I stress you, out you about do, like skill do, layouts and stuff. You play things on the hardest difficulty. Okay, if you. Uh, people, listeners, if you're ever listening to Garrett talk about video games, he intentionally makes video games as hard as possible for himself. So sometimes his opinions do not match up to anything that makes sense. Mm, I mean, I guess. That doesn't make my opinions any less valid. Well, right. But I do not think it is a a common experience to try and make games as hard for yourself as possible. Um... I don't know. That's a lot. Um, wh- whenever the video game podcast starts, we'll 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 bookmark it for there. Okay. Um, so that's podcast five. Does anyone do a Grand Blue podcast? I've been playing a lot of Grand Blue for the last month. Oh, I got the I got the fighting game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that just launched, didn't it? Yeah. I ha- yeah, that's Arc System Works too, and I haven't been playing enough Uniel lately. Uh, like I got that, and I mean, meaning to do the story mode and stuff. Yeah. Um. Anywho. Uh, M- March March is a bad month for video games, and by <laughs> bad I mean it's bad if you like having money. I saw that if you complete the story mode in that, you like get a serial code for extra unlocks in uh, the mobile game. So yeah. that's cool. Uh, they just need to do that for Fate stuff. I want I want extra characters because I went to see the movie. That'd be pretty cool, like, give out, like, a thing. Yeah, remember when they used to give out trading cards for anime movies in uh, the early aughts? Yes, yes I do. late 90s? I was... Who was I just talking about that? I was just talking about that with someone, where, like, I'm, like, 90% sure for the Digimon movie you got a Digimon card. Yeah, I think that's how I got Hercules Kabuterimon. I thought Hercules Kabuterimon was just in the starter deck, though. Was it? I could be remembering it wrong, and I got another character. I remember when I got that the Duelist of the Roses PS2 game, it had uh, the Magnet Warrior guys in it. I liked that. Ooh. The the PS1 digital card battle game came with uh, Impeldermon. Oh, man. Impeldermon is pretty awesome. That's a good one. Um, it was like it was just like regular Impeldermon, though. It wasn't, um, it wasn't battle mode. Uh, yeah, I mean, still pretty cool. Yeah. It was like Hollow or whatever. Yeah, they, and uh, yeah, when the the Mewtwo movie was out, they like gave you that like fossil yeah, the ancient Mew card. Yeah, the ancient Mew that was like a hieroglyph and everything. That yeah. was super cool. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 
we, we need more we need more theater feelies for for movies they should do that more yeah for real it's like one of the problems with seeing stuff on streaming also i mean they still do that stuff in japan because right yeah i know see... like um do you get like programs and stuff and things like yeah. that uh, you see it referenced like all the time and stuff. Is they give you like a a whole package of yeah. goodies if you. Well, I think they are extra usually, but it seems like a you lot know. Of I think some are just like those. pamphlets and stuff. Because actually, um, my one friend gave me a uh, uh from the Death Note live action like the like the booklet that came with it, and I actually got it signed by the director. Huh. Wait, the Death Note live action is different than the American Death Note live action. Yeah. Right? Okay. The Japanese Death Note live action. <laughs> I don't know if any of those like anime movies have actually been good. Um, the Phoenix Wright movie's freaking great. Like that was like, awesome. Like Battle Battle Angel Alita's real good. I didn't see that actually. I I think it's actually a really good movie. I heard lots of good stuff about it, so I'm willing to believe that one. Like, I think that was probably my 2019 movie of the year. If the Phoenix Wright movie counts, so does the Yakuza film, and the second Japanese live-action Death Note movie that is about L is one of the best things. In fact, I would just say only watch those Japanese Death Note films. They are the single best interpretation of that story as a whole. Thanks. Uh, have you seen the Dragon Quest movie yet? No, I have not. Oh, man. The Dragon Quest movie. You need to watch it. Don't look up anything about it. Don't, don't like, spoil it for yourself. I've it's... heard mixed things about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I really, really liked it. So, like, you should watch it. Okay. Or we'll watch it at ASIN if you haven't seen it by then. Or been spoiled by then. Okay. Um, so... Tokusatsu Gagaga... Oh, right. What was happening in this show? Um, so then, like, so I believe, like, we get to basically lunch the next day where Nakamura's like, how do I seem approachable for Kitashiro to, like, be friends and stuff? Well, yeah, Kitashiro it... is just, like, 100% ignoring that and figuring out how to how to construct her text, yeah, which, she's like, got her can relate super hard. It's really weird because apparently Nakamura thinks that spacing out and staring into the sky with your mouth open a little bit is how you look approachable. Uh... And like, and like Kitashiro gets it. She's like, is she trying to look approachable? So I'm like, I was super confused as how that body language was supposed to be conveying that. Well, I mean, Chris, you've seen anime. That's how anime works. Is it? I I don't know if that's true. I mean, I assumed it's like kind of like looking like an airhead or whatever, and just like that whole thing. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I pictured it as very anime, I guess. Okay. Maybe this is just me not getting it. Unsure. Nakamura also famously watches the humidifier bit here. Right, which is pretty funny, yeah. So there's that. They end up, like, don't they don't talk or anything. Like, it's kind of just a scene where right. Nakamura is building up things in her head that's not actually happening, while Kitashiro's like, how the fuck do I fix this friendship? Yeah, Kitashiro is, like, she's uh, responding to the text, like, or trying to respond to the text, like, um, I'm really, I'm like, I'm sorry, I want to formally apologize. And she's like, that sounds way too too formal. Uh, and then she, like, at, writes one that's all happy and bubbly, and she doesn't like that one either. So, yeah. 
She's really confused about what to do. Yeah, I think that's also the first time we see, like, Kitashiro in, like, her super bu- bubbly mode, which is, like, extremely jarring. Yeah, it is pretty funny. I was like, huh, okay. Yeah, and the next bit is the bit about how overtime is bad. <laughs> uh, extremely bad, yeah. And um, Nakamura is just like, I just want to go home and watch my shows and clear up my hard drive space so I can record more shows so the cycle can continue. <laughs> Again, very relatable. And um, they end up having to work late because like the printing company fucked up and apparently they have to fix it because, I don't know, because they found it. Yeah, like the serial number on their programs for their company is is wrong, and, and they have to solve that for some reason. Yep, and then there's a bit where one of the other, like, co-workers, Mai, was like, oh, but I had a date, and then... Yeah, Yuki keeps trying to speak up for her and be like, wait, she, she can't stay tonight, because she has, like, a date to go to. She had presumably been talking about it and was, like, excited about it, I'm guessing. Right. And she's just like, no, no, I can stay. It's fine. And then, like, two of the other, like, unnamed co-workers are like, a date? So what? We all got stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, dick move, ladies. Yeah. And then Nakamura's like, dick move, ladies. Let me give this big shonen anime speech about how you should value your time. Yeah, like, you need time away from work in order to, like, have the emotional energy to even be at work. And then they're like, but we're gonna stay here anyway. Yeah. Um, and at the end, um, Kitashiro, like, kind of thanks Nakama and is like, hey, we finished this earlier than expected. I can watch this idol thing live. Right. Also, at, at basically at the end of that part, Kitashiro's like, hey... You know that other friend you have, uh, that Yoshida person? Hey, uh, it's going to be real awkward making up with my friend. Uh, would you like to get your friend to go out and do friend things with my friend? Yeah, let's do like a group thing so it's less awkward. So then Nakamura's like, that's a great idea. We're going to go do karaoke. By the way, there's been a running theme this episode where... um. Nakamura and Yoshida cannot do the Ember Jason opening because they don't have enough people with the right kind of voices. Right. That's important for later. At least two more with back for background and at least one guy. Right. So then Nakamura at uh, Mr. Yakuza's store with Yoshido. Or Yoshida, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm not sure if we should call him Mr. Yakuza because he has to not be called Mr. Yakuza. <laughs> but she still does it. She does still do it, which is inconsiderate. That's fair. Um, (laughs) Of course, I don't think we know his name, so I don't know if we have any other options. No, it's, um... I can't read Japanese words, Chris. Do they do the bit where the cop shows up in this episode, or is that in the previous episode? Yeah, it was in the previous episode. Oh, God. That bit, I was like, that is profiling. It's profiling. Stay away from him. You want to say that name for me? That's Matsumoto, Garrett. Oh, isn't that what I said? And uh, I was like, I can't speak Japanese. Something You said something like that. Yeah, that's okay. Matsumoto. Okay, his name's Matsumoto. So they're at Matsumoto Shop. Matsumoto. Matsumoto, Matsumoto Shop. Okay, good job. 
Um, and there's this bit where they're like, there's just kind of poorly drawn, like combining robot that um, Nakamura. I was wondering what to. was up with the intentionally badly drawn animation. I thought it was pretty cute. It is kind of cute. I was just wondering, like, they haven't done any animation bits up until this point. And then, like, they do, like, cut-ins for, like... It's probably, like, most... Mm, I'm not gonna say that. It felt very Ultraman-esque to me. Like, the cut-ins with, um... The live-action cast with, like, the helmets and stuff. Oh! Oh, yeah, they did do some stuff with, like, mixed animation and live-action stuff, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, because there was that one movie that was localized as, like, Attack of the Super Monsters, where, like, the monsters are, are live-action kaiju tokusatsu, and and all the, the fighting stuff is animated. Yes. So, yeah. The, the, there have been a few things like that. I feel like it's extremely uncommon, but, you know, right. it exists. Um, so, Nakamura explains that she set up this karaoke thing, and then they, like, bribe... Matsumoto into coming with um, Precure analog merchandise. I forget what they actually call it. <laughs> uh, and he says sorry for being a disgusting nerd. Which, uh, uh, same, same. Man, I I just want him to have self-confidence. I want him to believe in himself. <laughs> he really is a very intimidating person. It's a shame that he doesn't like feel that he is, has a good social presence. I, I want nothing but good things for him. He's very cute, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe he could like he could like help cure you in like a Yakuza crossover game or something. Oh man, I have still only played the first. I've played zero and one. So, but I have to assume there is no Taku Yakuza that Kiryu needs to help at some point. Yeah, that'd be great. I also like. I'm low key super excited about the JRPG Yakuza game. Oh yeah, L- like a like a Drakway. Because it's always been like a dragon, and then it's like a dragon quest this time. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like that. Our RPG, RPGs in non-standard settings are always very interesting. Uh, yeah, generally. They have a pretty good track record, I gotta say. Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but pretty good. I'm a little, like, uh, I, I like Yakuza as like an evolution of the 2D brawler. But, uh, you know, if they want to try something different, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they they bribe him with Precure Analog. I forget, what, what exactly is the Precure Analog in this called? I, I don't know, that's why I keep saying Precure Analog. <laughs> is it like Love something? L- love, love Cute, that's it, Love Cute. Uh, love, love Cute? Okay. Yeah. I think, I think like she accidentally, I think she bribes him with... The love cute hair clip she got from the first episode. When did she get that? I don't when she that. went to the fast food restaurant and she wanted to get the Sentai toy. Oh right, but she didn't have the courage to ask for the the toy that was marked for boys. Yeah. I I think that's what that is. That sounds like a thing that happened, even though I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah, that probably has legitimately been over a year. <laughs> Easily, yeah. Um. So then the rest of this episode is choreographed karaoke, and it's uh, it's. I mean, it's not amazing. the whole thing, but a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, most of it. That they do a lot of karaoke dancing. 
Yeah. And it's really weird because, okay, the first the one they do is uh, Miyabi and... Uh, and okay, uh, I guess to lead up to that first is they... So they all go to karaoke place. Um, Kirishiro meets up with Miyabe. Miyabi? I, I think it's B. Isn't it B-I? Yeah, I'm yeah it's B-I. Sure it's B-I. Yeah. With Miyabi. And it seems like they're they're like reconciling. But then... They cut they're to the karaoke booth, at, yeah. and it looks like they're arguing out in the hallway. Uh, I did actually like this reveal, because, yeah, it seems like they're still mad at each other, but actually, they're arguing about the fact that they want to do a karaoke bit, and they didn't have enough time to rehearse it, because they haven't been talking lately. Right, and it is so unjarring when Kitashiro just comes in like that. <laughs> uh, the thing that was more okay yes I was a little like oh Kitashira has a, a fun side to her that's fine but I was mostly just like what the hell is this song also that <laughs> it's like about local Nagoya food and how nice it is right because they're a local idol group thing right and I'm like we, we have some stuff like that in America where people will like shout out their hometowns and stuff but usually not because they have nice local like specialty food dishes so So this one is pretty japanese i gotta say i don't know like i chris i might it might just be because your state doesn't have any food (laughs) we have corn jeez all right um gonna hurt the noble corn of and soybeans of indiana's feelings all right, um, we have deep dish pizza and proper hot dogs. Uh, what's that... different about a Chicago hot dog? Well, I mean, there's like a specific like Chicago styled hot dog. Yeah, but what is it? That's what I was asking. Um, it's got a bunch of things that we don't need to go into right now. Okay, because uh, New York pizza is better than Chicago pizza. I'm, I'm sorry. All right, get it. get the fuck off this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to quote the great sage John Stewart. Who's Chicago wrong. pizza is a fucking casserole. Okay, it's, it's not, not a casserole. And fucking fight me. <laughs> uh, the 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 type that is mostly cheese is better than the type that's mostly tomato. But yeah, I've had some some ones that were pretty unpleasant. I'm waiting for you to get off this podcast. Still, I'm sorry. You've you've insulted me personally. If you like Chicago pizza, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just like New York pizza better. I mean, it's okay. You're allowed to be wrong sometimes. I suppose. But, uh, okay, yeah, so this song is super weird. Uh, yeah, they, they talk about liking, uh, m- like, miso um, and udon. Yeah, miso-flavored udon with, like, eel sauce and stuff. And it's like an idol performance, so they're like jumping around and stuff. And I'm like, this sounds like a song that 10-year-olds would sing. Right. Also, like, <laughs> Miyabi also brought, like, the like the light things that yeah, they Yeah, the little light wands. The light wands and, like, get everybody into it. And, like, with the, the signs of, like, the faces. And right. then they, like, reenact, like the the performance the specific performance that they're doing is the comeback of a member who like came back from like a hospital leave which they yeah. also play out 
Yeah, and she gives, like, the speech of him being like, I just really wanted to be back to perform with you guys. And I'm like, I've never seen... When you're when you're singing a song in karaoke, no one does the live version, right? You do the album version. I have no clue, Chris. <laughs> I have no clue. Like, I, I assume when people do, uh, what, isn't it? Is it Deep Purple was Jimi Hendrix's band? Like, they don't actually get out a guitar and start rubbing it against their teeth. I mean, maybe they do. When you're, doing Black Sa- when you're doing Black Sabbath karaoke, you don't actually get a live bat and bite its head off. I feel like you should, though. Uh, that one is pretty cool, I gotta say. So, um, So they do that, and then... Um, and then they do uh, Emmer Jason, where, yeah. like, Yoshida, like, went and, like, wrote lines for everybody, which is, like, super good. And, like, Kitashiro is, like, doing the opening narration, and, like, Nakamura's, like, super impressed by this. And Kitashiro's <laughs> just like, I mean, if you're going to do this, you need to do it correctly. Oh, I-, I did not notice the first time through that someone, when they're handing out the little the little scripts... Uh, one of them says, it looks like a resume. So I guess she got very professionally printed uh, lyric sheets for them all to perform the Emmer Jason theme. Which, like, super into. Yeah, and then they perform pretty. the Emmer Jason thing and, like, like they get, like, all, like, the Sentai suits they have and bring them in there and they bring in the mooks and the monster. And yeah, then, like, it's extremely elaborate. They do, like, this weird, like, fight scene, but it's, like, it's, like, the real people there doing the fight and, like, the suit guys are in the back. Yeah, and... each of them has like a tokusona that they pose with. Yeah, I do like that. Um, that uh, Matsumoto's is is the girl of the Sentai. I thought that was cute. Oh yeah, yeah, that is cute. I hadn't noticed that. Uh... Yeah, and uh, and Nakamura gets like Shishileo and Immer Jason. Well, she's the main character. She she is the main character, so that's fine. Uh, and it's real great. I, it, it's it's an experience. Would I like the bit when they snap while stepping back and forth because it looks like a bit from West Side Story too. That is true. <laughs> uh, there should be a dancing themed tokusatsu. Uh, I mean, Chris, it was the beginning of Kamen Rider Gaim before. Yeah, then, but the like, plot com- <laughs> commit to it. Don't fake me out with actually being fruit themed. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. There's also, like, a weird breakdown in the middle, too, which is amazing. Yeah, like, Nakamura has, like, flashbacks to all the her character stuff from the previous episodes. Yeah. And uh, that's, like, the big blowout ending for the one. And then Yosh- Yoshida is like, yeah, we're all good friends now. This is great, isn't it? Wait, uh, but then that... but then our, our boy, Matsumoto, gets to do the, the Love Cure opening. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they don't want him to feel left out, so they're like, we're, we're all going to do Love Cute for you. Also, like, whoever, whoever like, choreographed this, like, they they did an amazing job, because, like, like, that whole bit is, like, not unlike a pre-cure ending. Yeah, it does look a lot like the, the ending from uh, the few pre-cure shows I have seen. And it's like, like, good job, them. And then at the end, like, oh, during it, like, the guy walks in with, like, the drinks. Yeah. And just, like, yeah, th- sets when it When they're, down. like, doing the last verse of the song, the guy walks in with their teas. And then they all just, like, freeze. 
Yeah. And he's, he's just like going through the motions. He's like, here's your drinks. Do you need anything else? I'll be going now. And then on the way out, he does the last line of the song. And then Matsumoto has found his his love cure friend. Yeah, now he has someone he can share his love of love cure with. Or, it's love cute, not love cure. Oh, whatever. Also known as pretty uh, cure. Yes, the pretty cure analog. And that was the episode. uh, Yeah, that's, that's the end of this one. Good show. Recommend pretty fun yeah uh, i know we were like talking about a lot of other stuff but uh yeah hits the feels yep uh tokusatsu Gagya is like kind of a low-key show it's not like super high drama like the stuff we usually talk about so it just doesn't lend itself to our normal discussion <laughs> method really i mean but, just uh, because yeah. people aren't dying doesn't mean it's low-key i mean it is a little like the j dramas are just generally low-key did you watch daddy of light by the way no you told me i need to it was pretty good, but all like a guy is literally dying of possibly cancer for the entire show, and it's extremely low key. I feel like that should be a bigger thing. Yeah, you'd think so, right? But no, J. Dramas just have a low key aesthetic, sort of. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's super relatable. I think the source material is really good. I think they adapt it well. I still haven't read this manga. I like the show a lot, though. Yeah. No, I, I think it. I think it. I think it's good. It definitely hits. I think it hits like all of its analogs it wants to hit for for nerdy hobbies extremely well. Yeah, it's uh it's very honest. I like it a lot. Um yeah. So this is a podcast on the internet at journeythroughdeckcast.com where there's links to there's links to practically everything. <laughs> you could get to the entire internet from that website. You could. Well, I mean like there's we got an RSS. We got an Apple Podcast. We got a Google Play. We got a Castbox. We got a Castro. We got an Overcast. We got a Pocket Cast. We got a Spotify. We got a Stitcher. I I don't know what a Castbox is. Ah, that's a podcast thing. Okay. <laughs> I don't but know what yeah. most of them are either, but we have them. Yep, you can visit us there or on Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh, I, have we gotten any new reviews or emails or anything lately, Garrett? Um, I have not seen any emails, and I haven't looked at reviews recently, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I haven't gotten any new tweets or anything, so yeah, I think we're still still doing kind of low key on the the listeners department, but you know that's fine. That's not really why we do the show. It's just. For I fun. mean, I mean, like I could I could angrily at you at Twitter if you want the experience. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could. Yeah, I could. Uh, do Do you want to do that? Um, I mean, not like right this second. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's maybe fine. later. But yeah, it's uh, been been nice talking to you, Garrett, and nice hanging out with all you listeners out there. And I I hope you're having a good whenever it is you end up listening to this. Yep, and uh, we've just been a passing through podcast. Remember that. Yep. Is that all you got? You don't, you don't have a fancy outro this week? Oh, oh no, I didn't think of one. I've been clicking around Glenn Boo in the background while I did this episode. I usually yeah. think of one during the last, like, ten minutes we're winding up. Well, <laughs> guess we can just end this then. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. I'm going to click stop now. <laughs>